Um, hi guys, um, we're going to talk today about doing business in Quebec. I think for, certainly for people um, watching and listening in and sending questions in, um, quite a few questions on on that. And also, I think fundamental is going to be a word we're going to hear a lot today. Well, I hope we are. In this environment, we should be. Um, so Jose, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone first? Yeah, so my name is Jose Vizquerra. I am a president and CEO for O3 Mining. and. Uh, Really happy to be here in Quebec, a place that is very close to, to my heart and a place where I feel extremely comfortable working. We have been working there for the past uh, six years. There we go. Right, I'm, I'm going to start with the fundamental thing. We, we, you and I have talked a lot um, over the past couple of years and you've been banging the drum of, on a fundamentals basis, this is what people should be looking at. And now, in this current environment, in um, the economic mess we find ourselves in and this sort of uncertainty, it's risk off. People are taking their cash um, you know, away from the equities market. They're having a look around and going, well, maybe not yet, but when they come back into the market, what type of, of thought process do you think they are going to be going through? Because it's, it's, it's very different from 2020. It's very easy then. Well, if I understand their thought process, my stock will be five bucks. But uh, I don't. Uh, what I, I think what we can do as executives is to control what we can control. And there is a couple of things that we can control as executives. One is cash. Two is your team. And three, to grow in fundamental value in your assets. And that's all what we can do. Uh, really more than that, if the gold price goes up or down, we cannot control. But if investors <laughs> decide to come in or not, but, but tell, tell me through your story, because, um, <clears throat> you know, I, th I think for investors um, who have perhaps not been through a cycle like this before, they're looking around and wondering what on earth has just happened. And they're a little bit nervous and possibly thinking, well, do I go back and put my cash into mining when things, you know, return to normal? What story do you need to tell? If, if I am an investor, uh, certainly I would see at O3 uh, stock where I can buy, where my downside is minimum and my upside is, is in the roof. Uh, what I'm saying that is right now we have a company with a market cap of $140 million. We have $100 million that we have built. By the way, it's not that we have the cash on the race, like we have been building that by shuffling and shifting and selling assets in exchange for shares. And then you have the upside of an extraordinary project such as Marvin that has a preliminary economic assessment already done with a net present value uh, at a 5% discount rate, $1,450 per ounce, so $400 million, $423 million, which is already telling you that $140 minus $100 million in cash, it's 40. That means that the fundamental value is 10 times what we have right now, and that's not even including alpha. So yes, I, I look like a radio talking about uh, fundamental value and keep talking about fundamental value. That's the only thing we can control. And eventually the market will wake up and say, hey, hold on. And on top of that, these guys are 12 kilometers from Canadian Malartic, which there is already a mill and they will need feed. So I think it's written in the world. This is not a matter of if O3 will do well. Is when is O3 going to do well? And it could be in the next five months, could be in a year, could be in two years. But investors will will eventually come into fundamental value, into fundamental companies that believe in the idea of wealth creation. Right. There's, there seems to be a new reality 
we find ourselves in. New reality in terms of cost, the convers every conversation is about inflation, supply chain, access to yeah. skilled staff, drill rigs, whatever it is that you need to get your hands on. I'm not sure the investors are there yet. What, what, would, you, what would you say to them? It's like... Well, a couple of things. Uh, probably the first one is to say that we were maybe lucky but we used on a preliminary economic assessment, again, $1,450 per ounce. Allow us to have a little bit of flexibility moving towards the pre-fees. So we could use, let's say, $1,600 per ounce, which will be you know, minimizing that delta with regards to, to inflation. Um, I imagine that what investors will do is they are going to take my, my pre-fees and they're going to say, okay, 20% more just to make sure that inflation is being taken care of. Um, I want to believe that the team that we have and the groups that we have uh, assembled to do the pre-fees would have all the cautiousness and being uh, very efficient in the costing that we will have proper cost. But you, you, that's your what, Q3? Uh, first, first week of September, yes. Right, okay. So you've got to get the balance right because we've seen companies destroy their own market uh, cap by putting out economic studies this year numbers were much higher than previous economic studies, made investors quite nervous. And you've got to give them, on the other hand, you've also got to get them excited about the potential of this thing. And getting that balance right in this climate, this new dawning reality, that's a hard act, isn't it? It is. Uh, at the same time, we have to be honest, whatever we have, we have. And investors need to know where they're investing. Uh, one thing that we are changing in our project is moving from a preliminary economic assessment where we were assuming a production profile of 116,000 ounces. We're moving to 150,000 ounces as a production profile, which is uh, an important difference because I think there is a mindset on investors where if you're not producing over 150,000 ounces, you don't get credit. Mm -hmm. um, we have seen that when we put our, our, our initial PA, we didn't have any any reaction, hopefully, with the, uh, with the pre-fees will be, we will have. Certainly, our CapEx will not be $250 million anymore because that was for 116,000 ounces. Now it's going to be different. I don't have the numbers. Uh, Felix, our EP operations, is still working on them. And uh, hopefully, they are going to be uh, competitive enough to allow us to maintain, at the very minimum, our, our net present value. Right, so you, you're going through the process of working on the numbers. You're very cognizant of what's going on out mm. there. <clears throat> How easy is it for a good project to become a marginal project in an environment like this where gold price is not moving? Well, I guess it's very easy to, to make it marginal. At the end, uh, I think the most important thing is to, you know, to do your costing the, uh, the, the, more, the most conservative you can to make sure that you're not going to be in trouble. And unfortunately... In, uh, in our industry, we have seen already a couple of overruns in a couple of projects that are being built as we speak. And that doesn't help because that's in, that does not create uh, trust and confidence in that. Although as, as part of the team that I'm part of, uh, they were able to do uh, things on time and on budget. So I want to believe that maybe we have a, an operational uh, advantage, put it that way. So again, so just on the cost side of things, it's like on time on budget, always good, but getting harder and harder to do. What are the other sort of tools in the armory in an environment like this? Sorry to keep saying this, but it's just, it's such a dynamic, volatile environment that every day is different, it, yeah. it seems, right? So the challenges are 
very pronounced and mining's tough enough. Um, what are the tools that you've got available to you, whether it be to deliver the project on time and on budget or distract the market with M&A or whatever you know, companies need to do to put themselves in a defensible position? Well, again, I think the, the best way to defend yourself is making sure you have enough cash in the bank. That's right. the best way to defend yourself. With regards to the costing, you have to hire the best people in the market. And, uh, and I think we do that and we are very cognizant of that and maybe lucky enough that we have great groups even in Valdor we operate, where we operate. And uh, we operate in a place where there is already four juniors, four, four major companies in the, in the region. We have Eldorado, we have Yamana, we have uh, Agnico, sorry, three. Uh, I think I've never seen anyone. So they, they use the same guy. So the costing is different. I think that at the end, information is very important. And the fact that we have different minds in the region where we operate allow us to have better benchmarking than what other groups could use in areas where no mining or, or mining is a little bit more right. uh, further apart. No? Okay. And then sort of coming on to the kind of advantages of being a Quebec-focused uh, um, company. You, again, we've talked in the past with you and, and other Quebec companies, the support you get from the province financially and, mm -hmm. and otherwise, which is, which is um, always good. Um, but... I haven't seen you do too much of that yet. Is, is that coming down the line? In terms of the engaging with, with the province and getting some sort of... No, no, we are, we are totally engaged with the, uh, with the province. Um, we are finishing our baseline studies in the next couple of weeks. But it's very important because, I mean, everyone talks about, I already started my permitting process. How could you start your permitting process if you don't have baseline studies? That takes two years. We already did it. Mm. And in that process, we already had two... Uh, meetings with the community because remember we have community which is Valdor and Malartic and on top of that First Nations so we already had meetings with the communities we already began uh, the process of uh, of engaging them like when we have right right now for example we're thinking about two ways where we can put a road so we will show them the two options we'll wait for them to say we prefer this one and I think that is a, a way to to begin trust and then with regards to the government, we have already started conversations with Minister of Mines, Minister of Economy, Minister of Forestry, Minister of Fishery. Um, am I missing anything? I think I'm not. Um, mm. So that's, uh, that's, that's on the works. We have uh, an extraordinary Vice President, uh, Mirza Bello, who is uh, taking care of all that and uh, has been doing a great job. Right, okay. I meant engaged, where's the money, show me the money. At what point do they come forward with, I don't know, an, either an equity position or you start understanding what the, what the cost of capital could be to you? That, that's what I think the one of the main advantages of being a Quebec-faced Quebec uh, company is. I think there is two, two advantages. Uh, the first one is the possibility of flow-through, mm. where the deltas are much higher than in other provinces. I mean, we, when we raise money, we raise at a 70% premium or 80% premium different from Ontario or other jurisdictions, with, which is more like 30 or 40 percent. So that means that your dilution is way less. <clears throat> That's one. And two is the support from the different uh, investments from Quebec. Uh, we do have the privilege of having CITIX and FTQ, a little bit of uh, the Case Depot, and, uh, and investments from Quebec. Of course, we, we continuously talk with them. So, you know, these, these four groups really allows to, to grow and allows the companies to move forward in a very 
uh, accelerated way, in a sense. And, and it, is, you know, it is really important because I think from a political standpoint of view, I think Quebec has realized that you know, the development of areas where, where, which are a little bit apart from the city really is in the hands of exploration and, uh, and project development. And that's the reason why Quebec keeps growing. I mean, they, they get it. You, know, you need natural resources in order to, you want to distribute, you need to create. Okay, you, you used the word accelerated time frame, right? That's been a struggle for you for, and a frustration for you, I, I feel, in the past when you've been talking about production in 2026 and it's five years out and people are like, well, I can't deal with that. I can't wrap my head around that. There are more interesting things to look at, right? Yeah. Two things have happened. One, time moves on and that, that end point is closer. Two, and it comes back to my initial question, which is, what, what would you say that investors should be doing um, when they do come back to the party? What type of companies? I'm imagining, you're gonna tell me, it's look for companies with strong fundamentals and you're laying out the case for your company and there'll be lots of others that can do that too. Um, so what are specifically, what does, what does that actually mean? If you could break that down and say, we are a strong fundamental story. So with regards to time, uh, it is a privilege to work in Quebec um, in the sense that we have been talking about 2026 for the past two years. And the reality is that now the clock is ticking in the sense that if we assume that Canadian Malartic will be running out of ore by 2027 uh, and they will need potentially uh, more material, which could come potentially from, from mm -hmm. O3 mining, from Marban, um, they will have to make a move in the next 18 months. Um, with regards to time on what we can control, the good thing is that we know the time is the time and it's not changing. Mm -hmm. If we were somewhere else in the world, they would be telling you a year and could be 10 years from then and you're not building the mine and you're still waiting for permits and you don't know what's going to happen. Here you know what's going to happen. That's number one. And number two, with regards to, to fundamental value, we keep insisting in the same thing. I mean, there is a cash already there which could be re-rated by our investments in these other companies that could have success as well. On top of having Marvin with an NPV of $423 million, on top of having Alpha. And, and, and not less important, you know, yes, we do have measured and indicated 2.4 million ounces, but yet Marvin has the opportunity to have 5 million ounces as we continue to drill a long strike, as we continue to explore, as we continue to show potential. And, very important to mention, you know, can Marban show 5 million ounces sort of in a short period of time? Yes, but that would mean that we'll have to drill below 400 meters. Then from the capital allocation standpoint of view, it doesn't make much sense in the sense that those ounces are gonna be after year 10. So yes, I'm gonna show more ounces, but it's not gonna impact my NPV. So that's why we have decided to drill in areas where we could have ore come in from closer to surface and really impact the NPV. So we will see that transition from pre-fees to fees. Right now we're gonna work on the pre-fees, on the pre-feasibility study with what we have, which will be the foundation. You know, people don't believe in PEAs. You know that. People, you say, here's a PA, it's like, yeah, I don't believe that. But people do believe in pre-fees. I want to believe. So once we have a pre-fees, I think, the valuation part of it will uh, will decorate better where where we are. We, we, we'll really show where we are. 
Okay, there's a big audience here watching. Well, I hope, I hope they are. Who've moved in from sort of tech space? Don't understand what you're talking about. Don't understand the vocabulary, um, the terminology, or even what it means in simple terms. What is it? You've 25 million in cash, got 80 million in securities. You're going to produce how many answers a year? 150,000. 150,000 answers. What kind of margins is indicated at the moment? So we have all in cost of $822. Right, so big margin, and throwing off a lot of cash, and a big region to, to develop. Mm -hmm. I think that's the simple message for the uh, for the, the, a lot of people watching this. Um, well, look, I think it's one of our, my favorite uh, Quebec stories, so I appreciate your time today. Thank you very we will, much. Uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for attending.